Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and on today's podcast, we are, well, we're doing something a little different. Before we dive in, some introductions. First off, she's my co-host, and she is forever mad online, the one and only Gina Kelly. Gina, how you doing? I am doing great, David. Thanks. How are you doing? I am doing good, and I'm apparently I'm keeping that whole Boston thing for these intros. I'm just going to roll with it. Um, there you go. <laughs> in honor <laughs> of your wedding from from last year. Um, Perfect. Yes. Uh, where's the crackers? Um, joining <laughs> us <laughs> is none other than the talented writer covering the Falcons at the Athletic, Tori McElhaney. Tori, how you doing? I'm doing good. I was really hoping that you're going to stick with the Boston accent for my last name. I was I was curious how that was going to happen. <laughs> McElhaney. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I like. We need to get Dave on for the, the proper Boston accents. He has that nailed to. Yeah, the or I, I can ask my husband to give us the appropriate <laughs> Boston pronunciation. We'll we'll get it together for next time. Yes, all, an all Boston episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. <laughs> I'm no, sure our listeners would love that. <laughs> nothing would go wrong. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to do something a little different this week. Um, we're going to briefly talk about some of the news of the week and what should have been a dead week and has turned into a fiasco. Um, we will be doing, for the first time on the uh, Falcoholic podcast, random ass predictions. Uh, so we'll get to that first. Uh, Tori, you're here. Uh, we were talking before we hit the record button. Obviously, uh, all of us went into this week thinking, oh, this is going to be a very light news week. We can all sort of take a break, just write, you know, crap stories and get stuff ready for the uh, for the summer and when in, in training camp. And then it happened Monday morning. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Shannon Sharp on Undisputed calls up Julio Jones. He drops the bomb of I'm out of there. Um, Twitter, I think, basically lit on fire. Yep. And <laughs> like, and now we're here at this point where I think everyone is, it, it's the talk of the NFL right now. And, and I feel like that's not even an exaggeration. It's one of the biggest stories going around. And people are talking about whether the Falcons are going to keep him. Um, teams that are going to be interested in trying to, to get Julio. Uh, so obviously, big story. We have to touch on it. I don't. Uh, we're all sort of exhausted because this story has been going on for several days now. Um, but Tori, with, we're, we're three days in. What is your read on this situation? Do you feel like uh, you know we're we're basically a week out from when even the Falcons could perform the trade for cap reasons? Um, do you think that we're in the in the spirit of predictions? <laughs> Do you feel like we're looking at the last few weeks of Julio being a Falcon? I do. And, and I think it's just really hard to reconcile 
the Falcons and Julio kind of coming back together. What's mm-hmm. been said is said, and and it's been said publicly. You know, for a while, it you know it was it did feel like it was rumor because for a long time it really was like okay, you have two options to get under the or to get in a cap situation where you can sign your draft class. You restructure or extend Grady Jarrett or you trade Julio post-June 1st. And those were really the two options that you had. And so the whole mm-hmm. time, I even did a, like, when the rumors were picking back up again last week, I, I did this whole exercise with some of our NFL staffers. And it's like, okay, what teams are in this talks with Julio? What would you give, like, the Falcons for Julio and so on and so forth? And even in that story I that ran on Thursday or Friday of last week, I said that I wouldn't take any of the offers that were offered to me. If I was the GM, mm-hmm. I wouldn't take them because I still thought there was a way that you could keep Julio Jones and just extend Grady Jarrett and you could get the cap where it needed to be. But then Monday happens and it becomes way more real that this is actually something that is, I don't want to say is going to happen, but at this point it's really, really hard to see how both sides kind of come together and move past what happened on Monday to, to keep Julio in Atlanta. Yeah, that's, um, I, I get chill bumps thinking about that. Um, for a player who's been with the team for 10 years, drafted 2011, um, in arguably one of the greatest players in Falcons history. And I think many would say one of the greatest wide receivers that's played, uh, in the NFL, um, Gina, you know, we're, we talk about this a lot in our own chat, um, with this sort of fiasco that's gone down with Julio. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, do, do you feel like uh, with Tori that this is a, a, a foregone uh, conclusion? Uh, and we also, let me add to this. We also did find out sort of in the midst of this, that uh, Ian Rappaport said that uh, basically Julio asked for this trade, which I think is, uh, yeah. you know, some people had had hinted at that, but it feels like a new sort of wrinkle for fans that maybe they hadn't considered that. But um, with that dynamic, how do you feel about this working out? Um, yeah, I think that Julio is 100% not going to be with the Falcons um, much mm. past June 1st. I don't like it. I am not happy about it. Um, I'm, you know, really sorry that it's gone down the way that it has because it just, <coughs> excuse me, it's so unlike Julio <coughs> to be so vocal about something like this and to say something publicly like he did. Um, And so, you know, I just, that's just not something that you really want to see from a marquee player from your team. Like I'm, I'm always 100% in favor of players doing what's best for them. I just, if, if they have to break up, I just don't really want it to be ugly. Uh, So yeah, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that from here on out, the process goes more smoothly and hopefully quietly, but um, yeah, I just don't see any way. Clearly he is not happy. He does not want to be in Atlanta anymore. And so I just don't think that they have a choice. And I mean, looking at their salary cap situation, it is not good. And so (laughs) Yeah, if they're able to go ahead and trade him, you know, they they need that money. So I think that, like Tori said, you know, you could um, trade Julio or you could restructure Julio and or Grady Jarrett. And those were really your options. And obviously, there's been no movement on the Grady Jarrett front. I think we talked about that the last time Tori was on the podcast. And um, so, yeah, I think that this is, you know, really their easiest solution. I think that it's what 
Julio wants, so at least one party will be happy. Um, I will, again, not be happy. I will be very <laughs> sad. <laughs> but yeah, I understand it. And so, yeah, I just, I think that it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And obviously we're covering it. Uh, I do want to plug uh, what Tori and uh, Jeff Schultz have been doing at The Athletic. Their uh, coverage has been excellent, of course. Uh, they had uh, several uh, articles, I think, that have come out about Julio since Monday, <laughs> um, which uh, were not pre-written, as we often do. Uh, yes, I, yes, yeah. correct. <laughs> Those are working. That's working on the fly right there. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, It's not every day that Shannon Sharp drops a bomb in your lap. Um, no, it's yes. not. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I hope this never happens again, to be completely honest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is this is not the way. I, I, I forget who said it. Someone on Twitter actually said, this is not the way that I thought we would find this. That out. was me. That oh, was me. Okay. Well, there I you tweeted go. that. Yeah. Yes. I tweeted yeah. it. And I truly believe it. I was like, that was my very first tweet of that morning. I was like, I literally didn't think that this was how it was going to happen. In in mm-hmm. my mind, this was not it. I don't know how I thought it was going to happen, but that wasn't it. Yeah. And that's, I I couldn't have said it better. That, that when you typed that out, I was like, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That is the right sentiment. Like this is the most awful way to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, all right, we're done talking about Julio. Uh, we've we've addressed it. We're going to move on. Certainly, more stories to come. But uh, this podcast is is moving on to uh, random ass predictions. And Woo! So- <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's how this will work. Each of us has prepared a handful of predictions. Uh, we will go in the order to just rotate around. Each of us will give one of the predictions. The others will react to it, give thoughts on it. Um, be forewarned, some of these predictions are not serious. Some of them are. Um, and for those of you who are listening, uh, we're going to leave it to you to figure out which ones are and which ones aren't, <laughs> um, which may be a, a bad life choice on my part. Um, but with that, uh, let's see here. Who's going to start us off? Tori, we invited you on because we felt like you were going to thrive with something like this. I'm, I am putting you on the spot. I want you to give us our first prediction uh, for what will happen with the Falcons. Anything uh, randomly for okay. uh, the kickoff of this. I, I'm ready. Um, so uh, my first prediction is that we will see some form of Jeopardy play out between linebackers Boye, Aluikun, and Brandon Copeland. Yale versus Penn. And Debo is going to be the host. I think like this, <laughs> I feel like if I'm the Atlanta Falcons social team, like this is truly what I think. If I'm the Atlanta Falcons social team, I am getting Foye and Cope up to play like a round of Jeopardy or like a round of trivia. And I want Debo to be the host because we talked to Frank Bush a couple weeks ago, who's the new inside linebackers coach. He said he was like, Foye and Cope are like, very intelligent guys they really are like Yale and Penn I mean they had to be to go there and and so he was talking about how like their conversations he can just sit and listen to them he was like but Debo is very much like having to reel them in every now and again and Debo always is like well I went to the Harvard of the South so uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm actually the best so like that's my prediction is that like at some point we will get to see who's actually the smartest in the linebackers room. I'm genuinely curious. I, I, I genuinely am. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pitch in here first. I love this idea because <laughs> one of the greatest things Falcon social did way back when was D block when they had, mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. 
that the linebacking crew, you know, I, get, I think it was almost weekly. It seemed like it was a weekly feature. It was, it was a weekly feature. They would usually drop it on Fridays and it was uh, Mike Peterson. And yeah. And then they would have like, I remember Matt Ryan came on and played guitar one time or oh, maybe yes. Lately, I can't remember, <laughs> but, but no, did. like it was awesome. And it was just a really fun way to kind of, you know, get a feel for the players off the field and, yeah, so I I totally agree. Like, I hope that if anybody from the Falcons social media team is listening to this, um, free idea, and you guys should absolutely use it. <laughs> you got this one for free, Falcons social. Like, this, I love it. Um, <laughs> and I I think we saw some of that. Someone was talking about it on Twitter the fact that those two guys were arguing. And I, number one, really remarkable. We've got like two players from, you know, these, these top end schools. And I will add uh, Jaden Graham also went to Yale. Uh Uh, So another, uh, you know, incredibly, uh, you know, just difficult school. And we've, we've got some smart guys uh, in that Falcons locker room. That's going to be really interesting. I love that idea. The jeopardy at at first, when you thought, when you said jeopardy, my mind immediately went to Aaron Rodgers. I know. I know. I almost said like Aaron Rodgers. Then I was like, no, Debo would be a lot funnier. (laughs) I think. Oh, I would love to see that. All right. Gina um, hit me with one of your predictions. Okay. I think that you are going to like this one. Um, I think that I predict that the Falcons will sweep the saints this year. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. Yeah, Tori, what do um, you think? Oh, I, I mean, I think that's a very interesting prediction. I'm super interested because I feel like at this point we don't 100 know what either the Saints or the Falcons are going to yes. look like in 2021. Yes. So at this point, I'm like, I couldn't go one way or another. Like, I don't. I, I honestly, I would go with the safe bet that they would split. But like, I literally don't know what. There, these two teams are going to look like for the first time in a long time. I think we don't really a hundred percent know mm-hmm. what the Falcons and what the Saints are going to look like, and that adds a little bit of intrigue to to this rivalry. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, and it should be a really interesting year in the NFC South. I think, but my whole brand is calling the Saints trash, and so <laughs> I really had to lean into it with this prediction. <laughs> I will say this: the the dynamics of the two teams are really interesting because it does look like the Falcons are going to be, you know, clearly more offensively focused for 2021 and arguably the saints, you know, are, they've still got a lot of good defensive players. They've got Mm -hmm. that pass rush. um, And the Falcons have questions on defense and the saints have questions on offense with the quarterback situation. I could see it, you know, this is, um, and God knows Falcons saints games always go off script. Like, Mm -hmm. yes. Every, Very true. Every time we went in predicting, like, this is going to be 45 to 40, and it ends up being, like, 6 to 3. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> this, these teams. Um, I like it. All right. Um, I'm going to hit you guys with my first prediction, and it is this. Matt Ryan will have his first ever 5,000-yard passing season in 2021. Ooh. I love it. Here's my thought. I mean – 17 game season. So we have uh-huh. an extra game of which to pad those stats. Um, I do think Arthur Smith will make a big difference for him compared to what Dirk Cutter was doing. And um, I like uh, Mike Davis at running back, but I don't think the Falcons are going to be a run heavy offense, at least this year. 
Um, I, I like Davis. I think he'll, he'll be effective, but I, I think Arthur Smith is going to lean on the passing game. And I think Ryan is going to finally clips that number. He has come close several times. He's been at 4,800 yards uh, twice. I think 4,900 yards back in 2016. So he's been on the cusp, but I think that extra game is going to push him over. So I turn it over to you two to tell me how smart or dumb I am. (laughs) I actually really like it. I mean, when you think about the fact that even though we all expect them to not have Julio Jones next year, Calvin Ridley is still a really quality receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Russell Gage can certainly contribute uh, that you've got Hayden Hurst. And then obviously the addition of Kyle Pitts, I think is could potentially be the catalyst for um, a 5,000 yard season. But, um, yeah, I think that especially with the extra game and knowing that he's come close in the past, I think that that's entirely possible. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny because one of my predictions was about Russell Gage and I was saying how I thought that this could be a really, really good year for him and and how I thought I didn't have a number in mind, but if we're going off of this number for, for Matt, then Russell Gage has to be up there for, that number to get there, especially if we're talking about a team that doesn't have Julio. And Mm -hmm. I still, I will, I will say this. I still think that Russell Gage was Matt Ryan's favorite third down target last season. I I don't know why I feel that way, but it always seemed like when he was in that third and long situation, it was Russell Gage who he was going to. And I think that if Russell Gage does well as he did last year and he continues to grow and improve, I mean, he's a guy that was a late round draft pick. I think that would help out Matt Ryan immensely immensely because you, you have to add him in those, those players of which you're talking about while everybody's going to be thinking about Kyle Pitts and, and Calvin and, you know, probably potentially Hayden Hurst too, like you cannot forget Russell Gage. And I think that was one of my predictions was that he was going to have a really good year. All right. Um, for reference, I looked it up. Uh, Matt Ryan had 4,944 yards in 2016, 4,924 yards in 2018. Those are his two highest totals um, up to this point. Uh, he had 4,500, 4,581 last year, but I think he didn't he miss a game. No, that was t- 2019. Pardon me. Um, but even then, when he missed a game, he had 4,466 yards. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's usually pretty good for, you know, at least 45, 4,600. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where it, so that was a serious prediction. Um, and we're going to get into some more of our predictions, serious, maybe some not so serious. We'll see. <laughs> I, by the way, <laughs> I have no idea what Gina and Tori have planned. I am going simply off my script and, uh, I'm not you know, the most creative person here. So we'll see how this plays out. But before we get into the rest of the predictions, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snacket. We're talking about big time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm joined by Gina Kelly and the writer at The Athletic, Tori McElhaney. We are talking about our random-ass predictions for the Falcons season. Tori kicked us off in the first half of their first prediction. Tori, I'm going back to you. What is your next prediction? Okay, so you asked me to be super creative in my, in my predictions. Yes. And so this one, I kind of, um, uh, I kind of wrote a little, uh, it kind of rhymes. And just think of, it as, like, think of it as like a Dr. Seuss. Um, it, it's based on how the Grinch stole Christmas. So uh, here I go. <laughs> in Who Will They Say the Grinch Heart? Small heart grew three sizes that day, and like the Grinch's heart, by Christmas, Mike Davis's quads will have done the same. And then the true <laughs> meaning of squad day comes through, and Mike Davis will have found the strength of 10 Mike Davises plus two. <laughs> so good. So my prediction is that Mike Davis's quads will only continue to grow. <laughs> I almost put that on my list, but then I couldn't come up with a funny joke for it. And I'm so glad that I didn't now because yours is perfect. <laughs> oh, I, I have to share this because um, for those of you who are listening, um, when we put this together, I reached out to Gina. Gina and Dave love the idea for the predictions. And I immediately said, I think Tori would be good at this. And in our little chat, unbeknownst to Tori, we're, we're doing this podcast, we're recording, and Gina's like, uh, she was the perfect guest for this. And I think that answer summed it up. Uh, <laughs> yes. That, that was brilliant. Um, oh, my God. I, I, I just love the fact that we're going to be able to talk about Mike Davis's quads all season. Yes. <laughs> I mean, those, the pictures are truly something else. I don't know. Like the first picture of him like running, I was oh my like, God. dear God, like that. I would truly be terrified if he was running at me. Like <laughs> yes. I would literally run up the hill at the Falcons practice facility in Flowery Branch, catch me running up the hill, trying desperately to get away because like those quads ain't stopping. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> He looks like the Hulk. Like, oh my God. And like he even said on social that he doesn't like, he didn't work out that much. He just has naturally large quads, which um, I'm sorry. The NFL is going to drug test this guy every week for the remainder of the season. (laughs) Mike, it's time for your random drug test. Um, (laughs) Very, very random. Yes. Uh, Has nothing to do with your quads. It's fine. The fact that your quads generate their own gravitational force are so big. Um, all right, Jana, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you have to follow that up. Uh, so hit us with your prediction. <laughs> okay. Well, this one is really, really bold, y'all. Okay. So my prediction is that fans will pitch a fit and yell about how they wanted to trade or cut Matt Ryan 
all off season the first time he throws an incomplete pass. Oh, oh okay, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I 110% agree with that because I even <laughs> said that like three or four times. It was so funny when we were, you know, talking about the Falcons, like, like maybe drafting a quarterback at number four. Mm -hmm. I said how I wanted it to be Trey Lance and not Justin Fields because I said, I was like, if it's Justin Fields, the first time that Matt Ryan oh, throws yeah. an interception, the yep. the entire fan base is going to go berserk that Justin Fields yes. put in. And like I one hundred percent can see this. One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. I, in in fairness, our fans, there a, a portion of them, there are some that do have their heads on straight, uh, freaked out when Matt Ryan was intercepted in camp by Kyle Shanahan. Um, <laughs> So I, I wrote about that for SB Nation. Um, <laughs> I was standing with I was standing with Shockley. And so Shock broke down like while I was talking to him what happened. And so I was able to, you know, explain it for SB Nation. And I just remember all the comments being no Matt Ryan's just, just trash. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> sure. I'm sure that you have a better idea about that yeah. uh, random Falcons fan on the internet than and that a former was, quarterback. But sure. That was the uh, the training camp before the 2016 season mm -hmm. uh, where my Ryan would go on to have one of the 10 best statistically uh, been 10 best statistical NFL seasons per quarterback in NFL history. Um, mm -hmm. And so. obviously won the MVP award. So yeah. um, turns out that getting intercepted by your offensive coordinator is not that big of a deal. <laughs> <in training camp. laughs> Nor is an incomplete pass. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> But yes, uh, Tori, to your point, uh, my one of my biggest fears in adjusting uh, in drafting Justin Fields potentially was having to uh, talk about replacing Matt Ryan for all seventeen games of the season. Yeah, yeah, no, I I was not looking. Uh, truth be told, like it probably was for the best that they didn't draft a quarterback because I can't imagine. You know, Matt Ryan's a very, very professional guy, and mm -hmm. he has always been very professional, in, like towards us, the media, like in interview settings. I know just recently we talked to, to him about like the Julio stuff and potentially drafting a quarterback and so on and so forth in his future. And he's always really he's gracious with his time and always answers, you know, as as best that he can. Um, but I can't imagine the Falcons drafting a quarterback and us having to talk to Matt Ryan every single week and it would come up every single week you yeah. know like mm -hmm. it, it would we would have to ask him or not have to I mean I guess we have a say in it whether we do or not but like if the fan base is clamoring for it like we would have to ask it and it's just like that would have been so terrible because Matt Ryan <laughs> is a good guy like I don't want to yeah. like just I mean we have to hold him accountable obviously but like I didn't, I wouldn't want to ask him that over and over and over again. So like, how's so-and-so coming along behind you? You know, he's going to be taken <laughs> over soon. Right. Like that just is not my thing. That's not my thing. Oh no. I, I was dreading that every week mm -hmm. at the alcoholic. Is this the week Matt Ryan gets hit, you know, sit on the bench? No, no, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't want any part of that hellscape. Oh, all right. I guess it's time for my second prediction. Here it is. Um, and I, I actually put this one out into the internet. Uh, a while back, uh, but I'm going to put it into the podcast now. The Falcons media team will have an animated graphic with a Falcon that has a unicorn horn in its head that they will play whenever Kyle Pitts makes a big play or scores a touchdown. 
That is my prediction. <laughs> I love it. They, I mean, yep. the, the word unicorn has been thrown out so many times. I like have gotten to the point now. I, I like wrote it twice in one of my stories and I was like, <laughs> I will never do this again. You will never see me writing the word unicorn ever again. Cause I, it's just overused. Yes. Kyle Pitts is absolutely a unicorn. Like we can all agree on that, but I'm tired of saying it, <laughs> but you know, you know that the graphics team will lean into that so hard. Another thing about the graphics, I don't know. Y'all, did y'all come to a game last year? Uh-uh. No. Okay. Well, there's this thing that plays at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And this is a story that I don't know if I've ever told. But there is this thing that plays when they're about to do, like, the countdown in, it, like, for the game to start. And it's this animatronic falcon from, like, you know that, like, metal falcon outside Mercedes-Benz oh, yes. Stadium? It, like, becomes animated terrifying absolutely <laughs> i like cannot i'm sitting in the press box i cannot look at this animation because it's legit scares me and i don't know what it is like I, I i have no earthly idea why it scares me so much but it does i can't look at it but if that thing shows up with a unicorn horn on its head i will <laughs> never see me at mercedes benz stadium again never again i won't be there that's just too, it's too much for tori oh my god <laughs> Oh, Gina, I'm pretty sure the 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 metal Falcon was what started our uh, unfortunate series at the Falcolic, our sacrifice article series. Um, yes, we are very serious professionals at yes. the Falcoholic. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes what it really takes to, you know, get a team on the right track is to threaten to sacrifice coaches and players to the big metal Falcon in front of the stadium. <laughs> I mean, we're just we're doing a public service here folks <laughs> oh my gosh i love it <laughs> uh my favorite was when fans accused us of being sacrilegious i'm like um this we're we're not trying to start a religion this is not at all <laughs> no we're, we're doing. Just, yeah we're just having fun <laughs> basically what we <laughs> this do is, this is a joke i feel like anytime i'm sarcastic i'm like please lord like y'all please know this is a joke i'm just kidding <laughs> oh we I, I can guarantee you the Falcoholic writers will read it properly because it's our, our primary language is sarcasm. Good. Yes, okay. it is. <clears throat> if you haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> all right, Tori, tell me you've got a third prediction for us to keep this thing going. Oh man, I had a few. Uh, yes. I think I'm going to go with this one just because I, I enjoy it so much. Young like who will still be Arthur Smith's favorite player <laughs> by the end of the season. <laughs> Oh. And I, I think I, I still to this day laugh that when the, like Arthur Smith's introductory <laughs> press conference and he gets asked like, so you've had a chance to look over the roster. Like, what do you think about the team you're inheriting? And he literally says Young Waiku is the one that he's most <laughs> excited about. And this is nothing against Young Waiku because he had a great year. And mm. 2020, I mean, Truly, I love his story, too, about how he comes from Georgia Southern. He bounced around. I mean, and then he finds a spot with the Falcons. I, I love his story so much. This is not a knock at all to Young Waco. It's more about just this being such a hilarious narrative that Arthur Smith <laughs> is coming from Tennessee where they really didn't have a kicker and, you know, had some moments where it was like it really sucked for them to not really have a guy who they could rely on. <laughs> but now he yes. comes to Atlanta. He's like, thank God I have Young Way. That is awesome. Um, this is now like the second podcast in a month where we've had a Young Way Coup feature because 
uh, Mina Kimes is also a huge fan oh, of Young. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I honestly like when he was doing so well last year. It was like I could always count on Amina tweet to keep oh, me yeah. going because like she she did love she loves him and I I mean it makes sense because he's he's doing so well and like I said you love his story. Oh, hundred percent. And uh, I will say on a personal note, um, when he spoke out. Uh, <clears throat> earlier this uh, off season about some of the violence going on against Asian Americans yeah. that that hit home. And uh, mm-hmm. he's, you know, uh, for someone like me who grew up, uh, you know, in the, with an Asian mother, uh, it's really cool to see a guy like him succeeding in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> Cause normally oh, we're relegated to like, you know, baseball. Um, <laughs> all right, Gina hit us with your third prediction, please. So, um, interestingly enough, it's also a young way prediction, but oh, yes. it's more, it's more boring. It's more boring than Tori's, but, um, I really think that he is going to probably end up being an all pro and pro bowler again this year mm. and bonus prediction. He's also gonna kick some badass onside kicks. So <laughs> that. That's cheating. Like I know it, it kind of is. Like that's just that's not really a prediction. That's just what everybody knows is going to happen. <laughs> I, I will say, and, and Tori, I'll let you comment on this. I've been watching the NFL, um, let's just say for a long time, forty years, um, and uh, in my entire time of watching football, I have never seen a kicker have that many successes with an onside kick. So yeah. yeah. Like I said, cheating. I don't know. It's it's a gift. Uh, you know, we, talk about, <laughs> we talk about players being like a, a athletically gifted. Like Youngway Koo and his ability to to accomplish that feat is such a gift. And, and it's, yes. it's very it, it's very interesting to watch because, like you said, it doesn't happen very often, but it just seems to kind of happen for him. Yeah. Um, and and he does he deserves credit because you know people oh, talk yeah. about the bounce, but the way he he is hitting these onside kicks is literally perfect every single time. And, uh, and I think uh, I'll have to go back and look. I was going to say, I think foyer has recovered like several of those. I was about to say if if young ways kicking foyer is recovering. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. I literally love that because foyer is one of my favorite players to like talk to. We actually talked to him earlier today and it's just like, this is good. I like I like this duo and like doing things. It makes sense to me. Oh, that is going to be a. We have to have a graphic. We need to get Evan on that, Gina. Uh, a foyer yes. and like a Batman and Robin uh, type. Of yes. Graphic. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to add it to my list of yes. dumb photoshops I want Evan to make for me. <laughs> right underneath another Photoshop of my dog riding a horse with a treat that looks like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. So. <laughs> Which literally happened. Um, yes, it's it, hanging on my refrigerator. <laughs> oh my gosh. Please send that to me. I need that in my life. I absolutely <laughs> will as soon as we wrap up here. Oh, that is amazing. All right. I'm, I'm going to round back around to a, a relatively serious prediction for mine, uh, for this third one. And it is this. By the end of the year, the Falcons will have three new starters on the offensive line. We're all we're all expecting two center and left guard. Mm-hmm. I think they will have three new starters by the time 
the year is finished. Are, are you going to make a prediction as to who those three are? Because I'm curious to hear. I want to know who yeah. you think the, the third is. I, I think the, the, the center position will be um, Hennessy. I think he'll mm-hmm. ride out this season as a starter there. I think left guard, uh, they'll probably end up going with the veteran uh, with yeah. McCray for a while. But actually, I think the wild card here is at right tackle. I think there's a relatively good chance um, if McGarry cannot get it together in year three, that he will be supplanted by Matt Gono, who had several decent starts at right tackle last year. Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely think at the left guard position uh, that it's going to come to. I don't know if Jalen, I know J, everybody's talking about Jalen Mayfield and, and the probability mm-hmm. and the possibility of him being able to come in and immediately take up that left guard spot. But I don't, I think they're going to try and give him another year. And I think that's why they went out and got Josh Andrews. And I think mm-hmm. that he's going to be the guy at left guard. Um, and then for tackle, I do think that's very interesting because I mean, in OTAs, like, you know, it, Caleb McGarry was there, but he wasn't dressed out. And so we did get to see uh, Matt Gono kind of taking some reps at that spot. And, and it was Ooh. it was interesting to see. So, I mean, that's uh, – I mean, honestly, as far as predictions goes, I don't think that's, like, as bold as maybe what some people would think. Oh, Gina, am I out of my mind? I mean, for this, not just in general. Um. <laughs> Well, um, thank you for the distinction, David, uh, so that I knew how to answer the question. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I could see it. Um, I think that it's a it's a real possibility. We did see some real promise from Gano. Um, you know, obviously, since they traded back up into the first to take McGarry, I would prefer to see him work out. You know, you yeah. don't want to see a first round draft pick flame out after three years or two and a half years or whatever it might be. But um Yeah, I mean, I think that that's absolutely possible. And frankly, you know, I feel like the previous regime had a tendency to not make those corrections when guys weren't really, you know, kind of living up to the standard of play that the team needed. And so it's not something that I would be opposed to um, from this new regime to see them actually, you know, make changes if somebody's underperforming. Oh, and I think that's like very much something that they will do. Like, I think at some point, maybe this is a a bold prediction, but I do think at some point, like, we're going to see somebody get knocked down, like, in the lineup for somebody else who the coaching staff believes is working harder or playing better. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that's right up Arthur Smith's alley because he, I mean, he talks about accountability and being a professional and the best players are going to play. And it doesn't matter how long they've been here or how not long they've been here. I mean, you're going to put the guy in that you believe is going to go out and be the best. And I think, so, I mean, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. And especially with Arthur Smith's focus on the offensive line, you know, he played offensive line in college, you know, he coached uh, offensive line for a bit and tight ends. I I just think it's an area where he is not going to tolerate substandard play. And Mm -hmm. if any of these guys aren't cutting it, he will not hesitate uh, to put someone in, at least from what we're hearing. Um, and then Tori, even from your reporting of the first you know, few days of this week of what we're seeing in OTAs, it, it really sounds like um, Arthur Smith is uh, 100% going to stick to what he's been saying all off season, which is accountability and making sure that the best players play. So, yeah, definitely. And I think it's really interesting because the other day OTAs, you know, they're doing their like full, almost like full scrimmaging and 
So the, the offensive and defense line, they're out there and uh, you just see the defensive guys like pointing to whoever was at uh, right tackle in that play. And I think it was like a younger, a younger guy of free agents. And uh, as soon he jumped off sides and as mm. soon as they pointed him out, he starts taking off running and he takes a lap around the field. And it's like, well, this is new. Like, oh. not, this is a, this is going back to like, you know, my dad was a football coach, a high school football coach. And he's like, we're getting into the nitty gritty here. Like we're going old school here. If you jump off sides, you're running a lap around the field. Like I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of like the Mike Smith years that really, tight discipline uh, with these players and making sure that they, you know, and it, it was no uh, coincidence that when Mike Smith was the head coach, the Falcons were one of the least penalized teams in the NFL every single yep. year. Yep. Smitty had his little notebook and he kept track and yeah, you were going to pay for it. If you made, if you made careless mistakes in practice or yeah. in a game. Yeah. Interesting. 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 All right. To close us out, Tori, um, tell me you have at least one more because we're yeah. this will be the final round. All right. Yeah, I have one more. And this is less of a bold prediction and more of something that I just personally want to happen. Um, I want to see Frank Darby burst onto the scene, scene in some capacity. Mm. I don't know what that capacity is. I don't know if it's a special teams role that he does something really good in special teams or if he even gets a chance to play. Um, I don't know what that looks like for him. So I will say I'll, I'll say that. But I would love to see him burst <laughs> on the scene in some capacity just so the fans will give us a reason to ask to talk to him all the time. <laughs> because I swear I had the most fun this offseason in our interviews with Frank Darby. Like, I, that is not a lie at all. I truly wish every interview could be like that one. Because <laughs> for a lot of times, I know these guys don't want to talk to us. Like, I am very well aware that they do not want to talk to us. And sometimes... Frankly, I don't really want to talk to them. So, <laughs> yeah, like, very agree. <laughs> yes, I mean it's just we all understand this, but sometimes it's just like pulling teeth with some guys. And so when you get somebody in there who like very much wants to be there, is very willing to talk to you, is is like I don't know, just being like a very positive person. It's like oh my gosh, like you, we as people generally as people want to be around positive. We want yep. to be around people like high energy people, and that's who he is. And so I truly think that he could be a fan favorite, that he would be a fan favorite if he gets a chance. And that's like, that's my thing. It's like, if he can get a chance to do something, then fans are going to eat him up. This is so, uh, so telling Gina, when we, when we had Michael Rothstein from ESPN on, I think a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. like we invited him on to talk about the NFL schedule that had just been released. Um, it, but he literally started off the podcast. He had to talk about Frank Darby and because of the, what Tori just described. So I, yes. I find that really interesting. Yeah. I'm and telling you, we all like, had a great time talking to him. We really did. <laughs> everybody had, yeah. everybody left smiling. Everybody left laughing and ready to start the day. I mean, it was great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love having a guy like that on my favorite team. Yes. Um, we need some good energy, um, especially yes. after the last three years. <laughs> yes, we do. And this off season, to be yes. quite honest. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Can we get like a Frank Darby sto story to just drop right now? Because we need that energy after the Julio week. Um, 
right. It's like, here's more news out of the wide receiver room. Frank Darby <laughs> is the person you need to know. Yes. yes. Forget about Julio. You need to know about Frank Darby. Oh my goodness. Also, everyone that was incredibly sarcastic, do not print that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, our, I think our listeners are, are going to grow very accustomed to you and, and your voice. Uh, um, all right, Gina, hit us with uh, a final prediction if you've got one. Well, um, and this is, a, you know, a prediction that I'm basing on years and years of fandom um, oh that I've invested in this team. Um, I expect that the Falcons will make me mad online <laughs> at least once a week. Nice. At least once a week. Oh, Oh. <laughs> it's like you're mad online all the time that is not even a prediction it's just your personality yeah, well I, I was gonna say if like if you were covering i don't know the patriots or um you know even cleveland since you're originally from ohio you probably would mm-hmm. not be mad online all the time i do feel like you owe the falcons a little bit for your mad online persona <laughs> So. Actually, yeah, that's that's fair. There, uh, they have been one of the primary causes of my online anger. So, <laughs> that is that is my prediction, and I am definitely standing by that one. I expect that one to be very, very accurate. Please tell me that Vote y'all saw. Me. <laughs> Please tell me that y'all saw my tweet from yesterday. Someone had tweeted that like. Get ready. The Julio news, Julio being traded news is going to drop at 4 p.m. on Friday afternoon, getting ready to go into Memorial Day weekend. And I literally. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Zeno. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. And I literally re- retweeted it and I was like, I will throw my phone against a freaking wall. <laughs> the Falcons literally never let me have anything. <laughs> I am am so jaded so jaded I can't do anything like for like my personal life is like non-existent because every time I go and do something like with friends or with my family I'm like dear god something's about to happen with the doctor yep (laughs) it never Um, fails uh, Tori sincerely hope for a quiet news week for you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me you. too. I appreciate that so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. I am going to close us out with my final prediction. Um, this one's dead serious. Matt Ryan will end all of his 2021 press conferences by singing "Baby Come Back" to Julio Jones. <laughs> I hope so. Oh my god. Or like uh uh ice ice baby. I don't know if there's like a <laughs> just because I love the the fact that the Falcon social team is like had had him like you know, he's Maddie Ice and I love the other day when they're at the Braves game and they're like Maddie Ice with the ice cubes talking about his son. Oh, yeah. Found that incredibly hilarious. <laughs> so maybe he can so do cute. like a remix to to kind of bridge the gap between him and Julio. Oh, it's there you go. I we love have it. to make this happen. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God. All right. I, uh, I will personally say I loved the predictions today and um, I am doubling down that Tori was absolutely the perfect guest for this first rendition <laughs> yes, of this. I completely agree. <clears throat> So, so with glad that, that y'all had me on. I really uh, am. This was so fun. I'm glad. I'm glad. I needed it after this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that we all did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That or alcohol. One or the other. You like you know, entertainment or booze. Um, <laughs> all right. Tori, with that, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and what you have going on? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to be following this Julio news until the end, whenever that is. So <laughs> you'll be on the lookout for all of that. Uh, I, you can follow me on at Tor, uh, on Twitter at Tori underscore McElhaney. Um, and then subscribe to The Athletic. I, I think we'll probably have some deals going on throughout the entire summer. So I will definitely keep you all in the loop as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Gina, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas, J-E-A-N-N-A Thomas, where I am usually mad online or posting <laughs> photos of my dogs. Um, and other than that, yeah, you can pretty much find me on this podcast. I've been really slacking about doing any other writing or anything <laughs> because it's the off season and I'm still very tired. But um, yeah, I should be writing more stuff as an alcoholic. I'll, I'll, I'm planning to be up at training camp this year as long as things get back to somewhat normal with media. And so, yeah, getting back to all that jazz, which I'm very excited about. Yes, uh, and I am going to piggyback on that. I'm going to join you at some point. Uh, yes, I, you are. I want to be back on that field and see those guys do things I wish I could do. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, so with that, guys, you can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Gina Kelly and Tori McElhaney, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.